Hello, and welcome to the Turbulent World of Middle East Soccer, or Mid-East Soccer Podcast. I'm your host, James Dorsey. Today, I want to discuss Saudi Arabia's controversial effort to develop a nuclear industry. When Saudi General Khalid bin Sultan bin Abdulaziz went shopping in the late 1980s for Chinese medium-range missiles capable of carrying nuclear, chemical, or biological warheads, he made no bones about keeping the United States one of the kingdom's closest allies in the dark. It was my task to negotiate the deal, devise an appropriate deception plan, choose a team of Saudi officers and men, and arrange for their training in both Saudi Arabia and China, build and defend operation bases and storage facilities in different parts of the kingdom, arrange for the shipment of the missiles from China, and at every stage, be ready to defend the project against sabotage or any form of attack. General bin Sultan, a son of the late Saudi Crown Prince and Defense Minister Sultan bin Abdulaziz Al Saud, and commander of the U.S.-led international alliance that forced Iraq to withdraw from Kuwait in 1991, recounted in his memoir. The incident, coupled with more recent Saudi statements and the kingdom's inability to present from the outset a credible and sustainable version of events surrounding the killing of journalist Jamal Khashoggi on the premises of its Istanbul consulate, is complicating its negotiations with the United States for the acquisition of designs for nuclear power plants, a deal valued at up to $80 billion, depending on how many Saudi Arabia ultimately decides to build. Prospects of a massive deal go to the heart of U.S. President Donald Trump's jobs and deals-focused America First policy. Yet, growing criticism and distrust of Saudi Arabia in the U.S. Congress and intelligence community as a result of the Khashoggi crisis and the kingdom's handling of the Yemen war that has sparked the world's worst humanitarian crisis since World War II are likely to strengthen efforts to thwart an agreement that honors Saudi insistence on producing its own nuclear fuel, even though it could buy more cheaply abroad. The Saudi insistence has fueled concerns that the kingdom may divert the fuel for military purposes. Those kinds of fears, coupled with Iran's ballistic missile program, drove world powers to first sanction Iran and then then conclude a 2015 international agreement that curbed Iran's nuclear program. Mr. Trump withdrew from the agreement earlier this year charging that it did not provide sufficient guarantees that Iran would not be able to develop a nuclear weapon. Democrats in the U.S. Congress have described refusing to sell Saudi Arabia nuclear technology as proper punishment for the killing of Mr. Khashoggi that the kingdom insists was done without the knowledge of Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman. While the Trump administration has as yet not abandoned long-standing strict U.S. nuclear export safeguards to secure a deal with Saudi Arabia, it is also not unambiguously said that it would uphold them. 
Like with his rejection of hard-hitting sanctions in the wake of the Khashoggi killing, Mr. Trump is likely to ultimately argue that if the United States does not conclude a nuclear deal with Saudi Arabia, countries like China, Russia, and South Korea that have less strict controls will. The argument amounts to the equivalent of committing a wrong because if one doesn't, someone else will. To be fair, it's an argument that is not exclusively Mr. Trump's. Journalist Borozu Daragi noted that similar to the Trump administration's effort to shield Saudi leaders, Europe is treading carefully in responding to alleged foiled Iranian attempts to target the Islamic Republic's critics in exile in a bid to avoid strengthening Iranian hardliners and giving Mr. Trump fuel for his anti-Iranian crusade. Saudi officials, meanwhile, have repeatedly insisted that the kingdom is developing nuclear capabilities for peaceful purposes, such as medicine, electricity generation, and desalination of seawater. They say that Saudi Arabia is committed to putting its nuclear facilities under the supervision of the International Atomic Energy Agency, IAEA. Yet, with a $56 billion military budget for 2018, Saudi Arabia is stepping up the development of a domestic military industry. The kingdom aims to source 50% of its military procurement domestically by 2030, up from its current 2%. Speaking to CBS earlier this year, Prince Mohammed appeared to put conditions on Saudi nuclear assurances by warning that Saudi Arabia does not want to acquire any nuclear bomb. But without doubt, if Iran developed a nuclear bomb, we will follow suit as soon as possible. In putting forward demands for parity with Iran, by getting the right to controlled enrichment of uranium and the reprocessing of spent fuel into plutonium, potential building blocks for nuclear weapons, Saudi Arabia was also seen as potentially backing away from a 2009 Memorandum of Understanding with the United States in which it pledged to acquire nuclear fuel from international markets. Nuclear energy cooperation was one of a host of agreements concluded last year by Saudi Arabia and China during a visit to Beijing by Saudi King Salman. The agreement included a feasibility study for the construction of high-temperature gas-cooled HTGR nuclear power plants in the kingdom, as well as cooperation in intellectual property and the de development of a domestic industrial supply chain for HDGRs built in Saudi Arabia. The HTGR agreement, built on an accord signed in 2012 that involved maintenance and development of nuclear power plants and research reactors, as well as the provision of Chinese nuclear fuel. A report by the Washington-based Institute for Science and International Security, released shortly after the King's visit, warned that the 2015 Iran nuclear agreement had not eliminated the kingdom's desire for nuclear weapons capabilities and even nuclear weapons. Much like the era of General bin Sultan, potential Chinese sales to Saudi Arabia of ballistic missiles and cruise missiles remain one of the murkier areas 
of Sino-Saudi military cooperation. Military experts say that satellite imagery of missile bases in Saudi Arabia in recent years and other open source circumstantial evidence, including Saudi press coverage of graduation ceremonies at the kingdom's strategic missile force school in Wadi al-Dawasir, attest to ongoing transfers. Saudi Arabia, in 2014, showcased Chinese-made Dongfeng-3 missiles that have a range of up to 5,000 kilometers. Military media reports said the missiles had been purchased in 2007, possibly with U.S. acquiescence. Non-proliferation expert Jeffrey Lewis noted that Saudi Arabia has invested heavily in conventional ballistic and cruise missiles to provide the kingdom a shot of strategic deterrence. Mr. Lewis's conclusion was confirmed by Anwar Eshki, a retired Saudi major general and advisor to the Saudi military. The Saudi military did indeed receive DF-21 missiles from China, and the integration of the missiles, including a full maintenance check and upgraded facilities, is complete, Mr. Eshki said, referring to the People's Republic's East Wind Solid Fuel Middle-Range Ballistic Missile. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. A written version is on my blog, The Turbulent World of Middle East Soccer, at mideastsoccer.blogspot.com. Please join me for my next podcast in the coming days. All the best and take care.